Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast, Justin Cuthbert for the solo midweek edition. Let's jump right in, just like Sam Atakubi into the snowbank. That might be a reference that only my Canadian listeners get, but shout out to the Canadian national team for that big 2-1 win over Mexico, which happened in Edmonton, so let's stay in Edmonton, where Leon Dreisaitl has his nose out in front of everyone, including his superstar teammate, for the race for individual honors. His 17 goals in 15 games is enough for a five-goal lead in the Rocket Richard. His 33 points, again, in 15 games, is enough for a four-point lead in the Art Ross Trophy race. His 2.2 points per game has him on pace for 180 this season. His form right now is unbelievable. He's an all-situations monster. He leads both the NHL in even strength points and power play goals. And the best part is that he hasn't been tethered to McDavid's wing throughout this incredible, prodigious run. He's driving major, major results for the Oilers all by himself on that second line. Yes, there's some crossover on the power play, and a lot of his production is there. But he is driving massive results right now for the Oilers, who, of course, are off to a tremendous start this season. It was extenuating circumstances that brought Leon Dreisaitl his first Hart Trophy. I mean, the Oilers' season was kind of in the balance, and McDavid went out with injury, and Leon just went off in that week to 10 days where McDavid was out and sort of propelled the Oilers to the postseason. I think that truly was the difference between those two in the Hart Trophy, trophy voting that year. But honestly, I never I thought that was just a one-time thing because of the because of the circumstances. I didn't think Dreisaitl would ever have that opportunity to outshine McDavid because he's not McDavid. But this year, there is a chance, at least so far it seems that way, that McDavid could be the second most valuable player on his team again. It's crazy to think, it's crazy to say, but Leon Dreisaitl has been that good and through a decent-sized chunk this season, he has been perhaps the best player on the Edmonton Oilers, which is pretty wild. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Let's stay out west, Vancouver Canucks. It was another awful night in Vancouver. They played the Colorado Avalanche. They lost to the Colorado Avalanche on Wednesday night, and things were going pretty well to start. They had a 2-1 lead in the third period over the Avalanche on a fortunate bounce. Uh, Tucker Pullman was credited with a goal that just kind of got stuck in Darcy Kemper's pads, and he knocked in himself. So things were going great, right? But just as it, just as that happened, it seemed the fortunes reversed immediately. Bad penalty by Alex Chason 
leads to a Nazem Kadri power play goal to tie things up. Kadri, by the way, is killing it in his contract season, so keep an eye out for that. But making matters worse, right after Kadri scored, JT Miller just buried him into the post. The only saving grace in that moment is that Colorado retaliated, obviously, given what, what happened, and they were giving a roughing and a coincidental minor during that melee. But the lack of discipline in Vancouver, which has been rampant, it seems, all season long, did come to roost eventually. Because just moments later, Quinn Hughes skated the length of the ice to break his stick over the shoulder of Sam Girard with a cross-check. Of course, he received a minor penalty for that. And within a flash, Kale McCarr, who was always going to be connected to Quinn Hughes for their Calder Trophy race, buried on the power play, the 23rd power play goal against Vancouver this season, which is crazy. I'll get more on that in a moment. And that put Colorado out in front for good. So Vancouver had it. They were in control of that game, and they just imploded all by themselves. It perfectly encapsulates the Canucks season. What happened in the third period Wednesday night versus Colorado? It shouldn't be as bad as it, as it is, but Vancouver can't help itself. As I mentioned, 23 power play goals, which leads, or power play goals against, which leads the NHL on that McCarr goal. It's so bad that if you take the NHL's three best penalty-killing teams, the Sharks, Penguins, and Avalanche, they've allowed a combined 14 goals uh, in penalty-killing situations. And you can pair those other three teams with 15 others. So half the league, or half the remaining teams, over half the remaining teams in the league, you can compare those three with one more, take your pick of 15 teams, and they still wouldn't amount to as many power play goals allowed as the Vancouver Canucks. There are many, many reasons why things aren't going well in Vancouver. I don't want to say the power play, the penalty kill is like the, the major thing, but it's up there. I mean, you can't win games if you're giving up, what, two power play goals on average per game. Brutal, 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 brutal. Also brutal, P.K. Subban's defensive coverage is bordering on barbaric, let alone brutal. Um We've seen it all season. I mean, there's a supercut worthy of all the slewfoots, the slew of slewfoots that P.K. Subban has doled out this season. And those questionable defensive tactics finally did hurt someone. This is one of the most dangerous plays in the game. And, you know, Ryan Reeves, I think, got hurt on the play, the first slewfoot that we saw this year back in the preseason. Um, but this one on Sammy Blay was the worst in terms of result. Now, it was the most subtle or unintentional, I think, in terms of all the other examples of Subban slew footing opponents this season. But again, the contact resulted in the most severe consequence with Sammy Blay out for the season, perhaps out into next season after tearing a major knee ligament. Um, the thing is though, whatever argument you wanna make on this play, it's, it's not in a vacuum. It didn't happen in a vacuum. Subban has been doing this all season so he's lost the benefit of the doubt three, four, maybe five slew foots ago. Like you just can't give him the benefit of the doubt in this situation. He needs to be punished. He needs his behavior fixed because this is a, like a really bad thing creeping into his game. The NHL has to come down on him here. They find him twice already, but not enough to change behavior. It was five grand for the first and I think 15 grand for the next. I don't know what you do now because as we know, you just can't find too much money in the NHL. Like there's rules against fines being too extraordinary, but Subban makes 9 million a year. You got to do something to change this behavior. 
he's really got to clean things up or it's going to get ugly. I mean, we already know Ryan Reeves is looking for revenge, but if he keeps doing this, players and teams, they're all going to want a piece of P.K. Subban, and we know that's just not going to be a good thing uh, when it comes down to it. The biggest news of the week is that the Pittsburgh Penguins are potentially being sold to Fenway Sports Group, who is a collection of millionaires, and LeBron James is a part of those collection of investors, which is pretty cool if LeBron James had his hand in the NHL. Yeah, I think that's probably a good thing for the league. But the timing here is what's most interesting. We know why Ron Burkle wants out. That's the majority owner, I believe, of the Penguins right now. Not sure on the majority, but a major figurehead in terms of ownership for the Pittsburgh Penguins and the guy that's going to be moving on when this deal, uh, if this deal does go down. We know why he wants out because apparently he took a major hit in the pandemic with all of his other businesses. And, you know, there's a financial windfall waiting for him here, right? Like he took, he came aboard when this organization was in financial ruin. And now this organization is worth, you know, upwards of maybe $900 million. So we know we he can fix all of his problems by signing the papers and transferring ownership of the Pittsburgh Penguins to someone else. But there's also like a party's over sort of element with the Pittsburgh Penguins right now. Like they are headed fast to a major transition phase in the franchise's history. They've got four major unrestricted free agents that they have to make a decision on this year. And guess what? The Penguins are second to last in the Metropolitan Division, and it doesn't look like they're going to be a threat for a Stanley Cup, let alone maybe a postseason seed. The Metro is so, so strong, and Pittsburgh just doesn't have it right now. This is maybe the first time in 16 years since Sidney Crosby's rookie season that the Penguins would miss the playoffs. And I know they didn't technically make the playoffs in the bubble because they lost in the play-in, but they were there. They had earned a, a postseason spot to that point. It just didn't work out when they got into a playoff or postseason series. Whatever. They've been in the playoffs 16 straight years. They've played beyond the regular season in 16 consecutive seasons. Maybe the writing's on the wall to a certain degree, and Ron Burkle knows that the best days of this franchise are at least in this for this generation are behind him. So maybe that's part of the uh, decision for him. Now, because the Penguins are sort of stuck in the mud right now, it doesn't mean that LeBron and company um, should be deterred at all, and it shouldn't nudge a guy like Mario Lemieux out of the mix. Like for all we know, Mario wants to stay on and continue doing what he does, uh, which is you know be a part of the ownership group, but also be a part of the decision-making process for the Penguins. We know it doesn't take that long to become competitive again, but I guess the big question is, can the Penguins be competitive again if they start to take away parts and rebuild or tear down and then rebuild? Can Sidney Crosby stay at a dominant level throughout that process? Sidney Crosby's situation is very, very interesting. Sid is... Again, 17th season. Uh, he's got about four years left on his contract. He's still underpaid at $8.7 million, but we just don't know what his future looks like. And we don't know now, and it's even in more question, what these next four years are going to look like in Pittsburgh. We know he doesn't want to play anywhere else. We've heard that you know he'll just stick through it because he wants to be one of those players, one of those superstars that just stays with one franchise. And I get that, but does that mean like, Meaningful games in the Sydney in the career of Sidney Crosby are over. 
That would kind of suck. What won't suck is if the Penguins do indeed conduct this fire sale and liquidate all their assets aside from Sidney Crosby. I mean, this is what trade deadline coverage needs is a team like the Pittsburgh Penguins just selling off parts. If they went full liquidation, we're talking about Brian Rust, Chris Letang, Jeff Carter, Evgeny Malkin potentially moving before the trade deadline. The return on these guys would be stunning. Penguin, the Penguins could like expedite that rebuild if they were able to package all those parts out because they decide that this year is not worth chasing. Big, big decisions to be made in Pittsburgh, uh, and they should be as interesting of a team as any as we head down the stretch here on this season. Okay, it's the Power Five. Let's do it. It's the best five teams in the NHL right now, adjudged by me and me only. Number five, the Anaheim Ducks. Now, I never thought I'd have a chance to fit Anaheim into this top five list, so I'm taking the opportunity while I have it. The Anaheim Ducks are 8-0-2 in their last 10 games. They are the hottest team in hockey. Troy Terry is fourth in league scoring and has points in his last 15 games. The only point... The only game he doesn't have a point this year is the opener for Anaheim. Ryan Getzlaff over a point per game. Trevor Zegers and Jamie Drysdale living up to the hype and are major parts of a team that flipped over its roster sort of the right way, the most dignified way possible, going out and getting those two guys high in the draft, and now they're paying dividends. Of course, John Gibson has been superb this year. So Anaheim, you know, maybe they don't win the Pacific. Maybe they don't make the playoffs. But right now, they are one of the must-watch teams in the NHL. Also debuting, Toronto Maple Leafs at number four. Uh, They are nine and one in their last 10. So the results, they do speak for themselves, the core four. They're each on the front page of the NHL.com stats section. Jack Campbell is the top performing goaltender in the NHL right now and the Vesna Trophy front runner if you're willing to entertain those thoughts this early into the season. The biggest thing though, or maybe the most surprising thing or thing that we didn't really know heading into this year but they have like a legitimate checking line now with Andre Kasha and David Camp they've been just tremendous and the value at 2.7 million dollars combined has been such an important economical move for the Toronto Maple Leafs there are like nine or ten other players making exactly 2.75 and I know it doesn't really matter a couple thousand dollars here and there but just for context Kampf and Kasha making that is the same as Warren Fogle, Chandler Stevenson, good players. Jesper Bratt, Miles Wood, Carl Hagelin, Brock McGinn. Again, good players. Oscar Sundqvist, Carson Soucy, John Moore, and then one that stands out, Richard Ponick, who is playing for the Bridgeport Sound Tigers right now. I mean, the fact that the Leafs can have an entire dominant checking line, or two-thirds of which at least, for the price of, say, a Carl Hagelin, is tremendous business and a reason why Lee fans should continue to be confident that Kyle Dubas can put good teams together. Number three, Florida Panthers. Bit of a slip here for Florida. I believe they were number two last week. They've only won five of the last 10, but they do have points in eight of those games. But the big news with Florida is that Alexander Barkov, their captain, is going to miss time. Big test here without their captain week to week and suddenly with the Leafs breathing down their neck in the Atlantic Division. Number two, Washington Capitals, just relentless production out of this group so far. They've got points in 15 of their 17 games. They've got more regulation wins than any other team. They've also got more loser points or overtime losses than any other team. They have five overtime losses so far. 
let's say 40% on the low end go their way in overtime, which is probably the minimum you'd expect from a team with Ovechkin and Oshie and so on and so forth. John Carlson's got to be one of the better three-on-three OT guys as well. They had only 40%. So two out of the five points rather than zero out of the five points that were available in these overtime periods, they're alone at number one in the NHL standings. But the top team in the NHL remains the Carolina Hurricanes at number one, 12 and two on the season, playing 857 hockey. Quiet week for them, only a couple games, but there's really nothing to nitpick here with Carolina. They're free and clear, the number one team in the NHL right now. That was the Yahoo Sports Hockey Podcast. We'll be back with Julian McKenzie on Sunday, and we'll be back next week with the Power Five and everything else that's going on in the NHL. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 